Let me ask you something. Are you hitting success yet you know that there's another level? Or perhaps you're just getting started. You're trying to put all these pieces together, get your first deal, but something's holding you back. Or maybe you're going through a big change in your career and your life, but for some reason you just can't take the steps you need to know in order to move forward. Well, I've been having a lot of really incredible conversations with people who are in the exact same position as you are, and they've been able to make massive change happen very quickly. Whether that's doubling your income within just a few months, whether that's making some kind of big shift in your life and really unlocking that vision, or perhaps it's just getting clear on what that vision needs to be so that you can really take those steps. Of course, you guys know me, host of the Investor Mindset here, Steven Pesavento, and high performance coach. I've been working with clients for years, seeing and helping them see major results. And I'd love to set up a call to discover if it's possible to be able to help you with some of those same things. If you are in a position where you want more and you're committed to taking some steps to get there, then I encourage you to head over to investormindset.com discover and let me know a little bit more information about you. Set up a call and we'll jump on and, and we'll walk through a discovery process. Totally complimentary. You'll walk away with a lot of clarity. And if there's some way that I can help serve you, I'll let you know that too. So you can just head over to investormindset.com discover. And I look forward to serving you. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast. And I'm Steven Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento. And each week we share mindset tips and real estate investing strategies to help you take your business and your portfolio to another level. And today's no different. I'm very grateful to have Dan Hanford in the studio. How are you doing today, Dan? Doing very great. Very doing very well, uh, Stephen. Appreciate that. And uh, it's actually been a, a very good day for us. So there's been, uh, we have so many different, different things that are moving along right now, but uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a great time. So appreciate you having me on. That's what I love to hear. And, you know, for those of you who don't know Dan, Dan is a highly successful serial entrepreneur who started multiple seven figure businesses and eight figure businesses from scratch, including a large group of non-surgical or orthopedic medical clinics. Um, and he's since developed a very powerful business in the real estate space. And so today what we're going to be talking about is uh, the serial entrepreneur mindset. We're going to be diving into what are some of the things that have made the biggest difference for Dan and for others just like him when it comes to growing a business. You ready to dive into things, Dan? Let's do it. Well, that's what I like to hear. So when it comes to building multiple business, not even just one, but to be able to reach that seven and eight figure revenue mark, what does it take to successfully set up that first business to be able to really start uh, hitting that mark and really operating a true business? Well, I, will, I would say, you know, you know, speaking from my own experience, you know, I go back to the very first business that I started that was a truly successful business. One of the things that I remember is, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs get into this trouble, is they feel like they have to do everything themselves, 
right? And they get into this mentality and, and I'm guilty of it too. And even right now, I still have this mindset. And so it's like almost like every day I'm battling with this mindset, but it's something that as entrepreneurs, we have this, but the mindset is that you have to do everything else because you can do everything better than everybody else, right? You can do mm -hmm. it bigger, you can do it better, you can do it faster, you can do it more efficiently and you know the right way to do it. And that's where I was, right? And in the very beginning, I had to like tell myself, no, you, 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 yes, you can do everything, but that's not going to allow you to be able to grow and scale. And when I really started seeing the hockey stick growth in my businesses is when I started to delegate certain tasks that I was doing on a regular basis that I really shouldn't be doing anymore. And I was only doing them because again, I had that mindset of like, I have to do everything myself because I can do it better than everybody else. And so once I got over that mindset, and I'll tell you one of the things that allowed me to kind of get over that, that headspace is telling myself that if I could hire somebody to do the job that I'm doing right now, and let's say they can only do it 80 to 85% as effective as I can, then it's still worth it to me to hire somebody and pay them to do it so I can continue to go in a different direction and grow so that the company can continue to grow and scale and the revenues can increase, right? And so that was really, I would say, one of the very first things in my business career where I had to get out of my own headspace, get out of my own way and say, hey, yes, you can do everything better than everybody else, but go hire some people to do those things. If they can do it 80, 85% as well, then it could be a really good win for you. And what I found in the midst of all of that is that I'm hiring people that are great quality people and they end up doing it better than what I would be doing it because mm -hmm. I was spread so thin. Yeah, that's such a big, big realization. I feel like this happens for so many people that they get caught up in this place and in this space where they're stuck where they're not actually uh, able to delegate because they feel like they are the best person at everything. There's kind of a fear of maybe a, a lack of trust in someone else being able to get into that position and be able to do that job well. And so what did it take for you initially to say, I'm willing to take the risk of handing this off to someone else? You know, it's, it's funny that uh, you asked that because in the very beginning, I didn't have the money, right? I didn't have the, the finances to be able to hire somebody to be able to do those things. But so it was kind of a bottleneck, right? I didn't have the, the, the finances to be able to hire somebody to do it. And that's one of the reasons why I did it. And it's why a lot of entrepreneurs continue to do it because they don't feel like they have the money there to do it. And so it was a big leap of faith for me to be able to say, okay, I'm going to spend, I'm going to hire somebody spend this money that would have normally been my take home and is taken out of my pocket to hire this person so that I can now go focus on another area of increasing revenue. And so because I took myself out of that picture like that, that's how I was able to make that decision. I will tell you, I wasn't perfect, right? I, I, in the very beginning, because of that, I, I made a lot of hiring mistakes and hired some people that really weren't the best fit for the position, but they were cheaper than the next guy, right? And so I just kind of went for the, the cheapest person that I could find. And at the end of the day, it didn't really serve me very well, right? And, you know, you fast forward to today and we, we have some really great quality people because 
we're willing to spend the extra money to get the greater people that are going to be in these positions because they will save you a ton of money and time and energy down the road to be able to you know grow and scale in that direction. But from the very beginning, it's hard because you don't have the money there and you're taking a leap of faith in hiring somebody. And for me, of course, I, I live in South Carolina and we're a right to work state. So I can hire and fire somebody for whatever reason. I don't have to have like a you know certain period of time or anything like that, or I don't have to have a specific reason. I can just say, okay, I don't need you anymore and just let them go. And so I always kind of in my head was thinking, let me try this out and see if it works. And if it doesn't, then I can always let them go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, give them time to find something else. I'm not just talking about trying to put somebody out on the street, but really hire somebody, give them some responsibilities that I, that I don't want to have to do anymore and see if they can help save me some time to go focus on other areas of revenue. Yeah, it's a leap of faith to be able to jump in and actually start trusting the fact that somebody else is going to be able to do the job 80% as well as you. And sometimes it comes where it comes from this place where you don't have the money But when you can shift the belief to recognizing that it's possible for you to go bring in more money as a result of the extra time that you're going to have, and you actually take the time, effort, and energy to go and do that, then it's going to be a net positive. Even if you don't have the right person right off the bat, you know, even if it takes a couple times of hiring and firing, but this is where people get caught up as they go and they look to bring somebody onto the team and they end up getting the wrong person. And then they start thinking to themselves that they can't do this. They start getting to that limited mindset. And so what does it take? What have you learned over the years of running multiple business to bring on the right talent and to really work with the right people? And how do you go about determining and deciding that you found the right person for the job? Well, I'll tell you, we, we haven't perfected it, right? We've done it. We've done a lot of it, um, but we still make mistakes, right? Um, and, we, and, and I don't necessarily think that it would be considered a mistake because there's always a learning process that you go through when you hire the wrong person. You get to learn how to let that person go, right? Which is a, a big mm-hmm. feat for a lot of entrepreneurs to stop holding on to somebody that's holding your business back and letting them go um, and, and letting, allowing them to reach their full potential somewhere else, right? And, uh, and so for, for us, we try to, you know, hire slowly and fire quickly, right? Um, mm-hmm. if, they're, if they're not working out for us, you know, stop holding them back and then ha- um, stop holding ourselves back as well and put somebody in that position that can really benefit the company as a whole. And so that would be my biggest thing that I would say is that we're not perfect, but um, I, one, well, <clears throat> I would say there's one thing that we've added in the last probably three or four years that has really helped us. And we do, we, we, in, the, in the beginning, we never really did a lot of like pre-employment, you know, questionnaires or surveys or personality testing or anything like that. And we definitely made a lot more mistakes in the beginning. Um, but over the last several years, we've been using a, a personality, cognitive and a motivation scoring system or test, if you will, by uh, one score. If you just type in one score inside of uh uh, actually, no, it's actually put on by the company called One Score, and they give you a One Score, but the name of the company or the test is actually um, uh, the Wonderlick test. So W-O-N-D-E-R-L-I-C, the Wonderlick test. And so we, you, we give that to all of our pre-employment uh, uh, applicants. They, and they, they, the nice thing about that, that company is they charge like a one, one like monthly or yearly fee, and you can do unlimited number of tests in that, in that mm. for, those, for, the, for those quizzes or whatever. Um, but to what for us, it's been very beneficial because we can test a lot of these candidates and really feel like we get a better quality, uh, a te- te- uh, I said tenant, thinking about my, my, my real estate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we probably should do that too with our, our, our yeah, tenants right. too. You might get a better quality resident, but um, no, it's, it definitely has allowed us to be able to reduce the number of, uh, you know, uh, faulty hires, if you will. Yeah, well, that can definitely save you a lot, a lot of time, a lot of worry, um, wondering, hey, how is this person going to end up fitting in with our culture? And what is that going to actually mean for us? So what I'm curious about is what are what are some of the things that you did wrong when it came to hiring people? Not listening to my other team members telling me that that person's not going to be a good fit, <laughs> thinking mm. that they're a good quality person. They, they, te they tested well, but uh, especially, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the in, in, in intuition that women have. And mm -hmm. so when the women on your team are going, I don't think this person's going to last or going to work out. Um, mm -hmm. it, 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 most of the time, those don't work out, right? Um, and so for me, that's one of the things that we've always done is try to have multiple team members uh, you know, be involved in that decision-making process. Because in the beginning, if it was just me trying to hire somebody and I hired them very quickly, or we get into a position where we need to hire somebody really quickly because they turn in their two-week notice and you're scrambling because it's a specialty position or you don't, you don't really have the ability to kind of take on that workload. Then you get into this, like, um, uh, this, this the kind of uh, fire drill of trying to find that next person. That's also where you kind of get into trouble is, of, of trying to, you know, fill that position. And so, that's one of the reasons why we try to do cross training on, on multiple positions so that if somebody does leave or maybe they're on vacation for an extended period of time or they have a baby or something like that, we have people that are cross trained so they can take up some of those responsibilities. That way you're not in that kind of, you know, uh, you know urgency mode of trying to find that next person. Well, that's huge because sometimes people forget that, you know, people are going to eventually leave. And when you don't have someone cross-trained to at least be able to do the job, even if they can't do it quite as well, or maybe they're not, they don't enjoy it as much, whatever that might be to have different people on your team who can take over in those times of need um, is absolutely critical. And that's also one of the reasons why you need to be able to scale big enough to have a big enough team to be able to have that redundancy because in any situation or system, there's going to be parts that are going to fail and you're going to want to have that redundancy of a person or a process or a team member. They're going to be able to step in and really help support on that. Yeah, it's very true. And that's, you know, one of the things that in the very beginning, it's hard because you might only have the ability to hire one person right now. And so you're going to cross train that person with maybe you and maybe one of your partners and that's it. Right. And mm -hmm. so in the beginning, it's kind of hard, but, you know, even, even our real estate business, we've, we've been able to grow uh, and we now have 18 people on our team, right? And between now and the end of the year, we'll probably have another, you know, four or five people hired to be able to join that mm -hmm. team with us as well. And every year we're going to continue to grow that to be able to support the investments that we have for our investors. Yeah, it's huge. And, and that's the thing is you've been able to do this in multiple different sectors from real estate to medical um, and in between. And so one of the things that I think is really important that very successful entrepreneurs are able to do is they're able to make decisions very effectively and often quickly. And so what do you do as an entrepreneur? What do you do as an individual uh, in your business as a leader uh, to be able to make those decisions effectively, to be able to know what the direction that you should head in and, and actually go down the path? Sure. I, I think a lot of it is not really knowing if it's the right direction and just taking the action and moving forward with it. And as you move forward with the decision that you make, you'll be able to determine whether or not it's a, a path that you wanna to continue to take. And I'll give you an example of that. So in my medical business, there's obviously lots of different 
treatments that we can add to the clinics. And when we were first growing those clinics, we were like, oh, well, let's go to the con- go to a conference and kind of see what are some additional kind of profit drivers that we can add to the clinic. And so we go to those 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 conferences and you find some great ideas. And you know, the next week, you know, my staff always would always you know laugh about it that oh great, he's going to another conference. You know, we're gonna have mm. another 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 thing added to the clinics. You know, and and mm-hmm. it's it's one of the things that has allowed us to be able to get to where we are with those clinics. But it's also I think. Um, it, it allowed us to test and try lots of different things because it was almost like an incubator for me to kind of play around with to see, hey, what are the different, we didn't like, we have four locations right now across the state of South Carolina and we didn't just all of a sudden like implement it across the board, right? We would do it on a very small scale, start with one location, test it out, try to see if we can work out some of the kinks and the systems and the procedures and the processes. And if it didn't work out, we could just can it right there and we didn't spend a bunch of money launching it to all four locations, right? Um, and so we started really small with it, tested it out. It worked out great. We can launch it to the rest of the clinics and it can do really well. Um, but there's, there have been, there's been many things that we learned at a conference and we came back and we implemented it and it was a big bust, right? We lost lots mm-hmm. of money, lots of time, lots of energy. Um, and for me, I feel like it wasn't necessarily lost time and energy. It was really learning about whether or not that was going to work for our clinics, but eventually you'll find one that'll actually click and that will do really well. But if you just, you know, sit back and, and don't want to try anything, then you don't ever know what that next thing's going to be. And so being able to try to test things like that, and, and, and even in the real estate side of things, there's, there's a lot of, not a lot, I said there's probably two or three alternative asset classes that we're looking at going into with our, 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 uh, our group. And we're starting them off on a small scale. We're going to personally invest in some of those alternative assets first, try to see if we could work out some of the, some of the kinks, put some, some management systems in place for it. And if we can, and if it really works out, then, then we can launch it out to our investors and bring investors on board with us too. Um, but there's, there's different things like that that you can do where you can kind of test things first before you go full out and go a full scale with it. It, it makes perfect sense. You want to test things before you commit fully. You want to be able to see what is the result going to be before you put everything all in on that place. So that's that's one strategy for sure. When it comes to deciding the direction that you're going to go, what is it that's going through your head when you're deciding something? You might even think, okay, well, hey, we're deciding to move in and start building a real estate company. What is leading that decision and how are you going about actually deciding to make a big change like that in your life? Sure. I mean, a big change like that is my first question is, who can I hire that's already done it before that can help me get to where I want to be and get there faster? Reducing the learning curves, reducing the hurdles. That would be my very first thing that I would think about is, is who could I hire? Because when I first got started, I never I didn't, I didn't hire anybody. It took me longer to get to where I wanted to be because I didn't hire somebody. And then I finally learned, you know what? If I hired somebody, I could actually get from point A to point B a whole lot faster, even a lot faster than the person that I hired to get me there, right? It might've taken them 10 years to get there, but because they've been through that 10 year you know, a lifespan of that business, then I could hire them. And instead of taking me 10 years, it might take me two years, right? Or three years. And so mm-hmm. it could reduce the amount of learning that you have to mm-hmm. do through that entire process. And then I would say the second thing that I'm looking at is I'm, I'm looking at, uh, who is the first hire that I need to make? Because I know, just like I talked about in the beginning, if I want to grow and scale something, I need to hire a good team that can support me in the behind the scenes, that can actually make me look good, right? Um, and so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm strategically thinking, what are the first couple of hires that I really need to make and allow to allow us to be able to kind of grow and scale to where we want to go? 
So early on in that process, what you're really coming down to is you're saying, who has already been down this path and how can they show me how to be able to move down that path much more quickly, much more effectively. And it's clear it's worked. It's worked for you and your business. It's worked for you and your growth. And I think it's something that more people should take advantage of is looking towards others and saying, Hey, how can I align my interests with you? How can I pay you, hire you, partner with you to be able to bring you into my business so that I can learn all the lessons that you've learned? No, that's, that's definitely true. And, 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 and there's a lot of people that you can get that don't cost anything. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or like you just mentioned there, that may be able to partner with you, or maybe you give them a little bit of equity in your company to be your kind of, you know, mentor and coach and depending on what their setup is and if they like that or not, or if they really truly believe in you or not, uh, that might be a good thing. But even, even in the very beginning and one of my beginning businesses, I put together my own personal board of directors. And even to this mm-hmm. day, I still have that. Now, these weren't people that were associated with my business at all, but they were just people, local people in the community and that were uh, re- even some that were related to me that I knew had some expertise in a certain area, whether it be finance or employment or you know legal stuff or business related or marketing. And I basically just called them up as a friend and said, hey, Hey, Steven, I know you're really good at marketing. You got a great mind for marketing. You know, I'd, I'd love to take you to lunch and, and, and give you some ideas about what I have and, and, uh, and, and share with you about a few things and take them to lunch, share with them what your vision is and what you'd like to do. And, and then just say, hey, Steven, would you mind just you being available to me if I have a question here and there down the road to just pick up the call for a few minutes and, and then uh, and just say a few words, just ask you a few questions and, you know, no one ever said no. They're like, oh yeah, sure. Anytime, just give me a call. And of course, I don't, I, I never abused it. So nobody got to the point of going, could you stop calling me? <laughs> you know, yeah, um, yeah. I tried to, you know, only reach out to them when I felt like I was stuck and I really needed somebody to help me get through a particular block in the business. Yeah. Well, I think that is such a great idea and more people should take advantage of it, really leaning on the people that are around them, even if it's people they can't, maybe they're not in a place to hire somebody or they don't really see the vision and understanding of what it takes to hire a coach or a mentor in your life. There's people around you who want to support. I mean, there's free sources. You're, you're listening to one of them right here, which is a, an avenue for you to be able to learn things and you know, listening and learning from Dan and people like myself. So I, I think that makes a, a lot, a lot of sense. Um, and so for somebody like yourself, who has been a very successful entrepreneur, you've built multiple businesses, you've created massive amounts of income, you've therefore paid probably massive amounts of taxes, uh, and then you've switched and really made a move into the real estate space, both first passively and then now actively. Um, talk to us a little bit about what is the benefit of investing in real estate when you are an entrepreneur, when you are a high income earner and you're creating income in your business. And then now you're saying to yourself, well, I need to find a home for it. I want to find a place to be investing. What are some of the benefits of, of going down that path? Sure. Well, for one is the taxes, right? Um, and I'll, I'll share with you a little bit about my story with the taxes here in just a moment. But one of the things I want to say from the very beginning is, is if, if somebody would have approached me with real estate in the very beginning stages of my business, I would have said no. I just, I just would have. And, and I think the reason why is because I was taking as little home as possible so I can pour as much of that profit back into the business to continue to grow it and to allow it to be able to scale and to be able to get to where it is today, right? But there's many entrepreneurs out there that have had their business for five years, 10 years, 20, 30 years, and 
it's basically on, I don't want to say on autopilot because you still might go into the business and still do work, but it's on like it has consistent revenues coming in and you're putting money in your pocket every single month and you're trying to figure out, hey, what do you what, what can you do with this to be able to reduce some of your taxable liability? And, uh, and that's what that's kind of where I was is that I had really good revenues coming off the clinics and I was writing really large six figure checks to the government, not just once a year, but they like to ding you four times a year when you're a business owner. Mm-hmm. So you can pay those quarterly estimated payments. And uh, it was just, it was driving me nuts, right? Because we're making really good money. And then we just write these large checks and it's like, just that's really gut-wrenching. And so that's really when I made the pivot and the decision to uh, put my COO who was in place into the CEO role. I would still maintain 100% ownership with my wife and I owning 100% of those clinics. And uh, he is going to be put into the CEO role. And I stepped out. Um, I still have corporate meetings with my team once a month for about an hour uh, to maintain the KPIs and still make sure that the vision of the clinics is still going forward the way I want. Uh, and we still own those today. And they're 100% debt free too. So the cash flow off of them is great. But we we're still writing those large six figure checks. And so I pivoted from doing that full time to going out and trying to do the real estate side. And like you said, I first started just passively investing inside of real estate first, then started my own private equity real estate company after I hired a mentor to be able to help me get there and reduce the learning curve. And uh, we've been able to kind of grow and scale as you know, uh, since uh, we, we started that, that group. Uh, but for, from, from the benefits that I saw from the real estate side was really the tax benefits because we, I wanted to be able to find a way to be able to reduce my taxable liability and investing in real estate and taking that depreciation has what has been very, very beneficial to us, which has allowed us to grow our income, but also take more of it home and leave more of it away from the government uh, and not having to pay as much in, the, in those taxes and doing it the right way, right? Instead of trying to like, mm-hmm. you know, cheat the system, just see what the system, what system is set up for you and take advantage of what the system is that is in place for you to be able to, uh, to keep more of what you earn. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a big idea, really, to shift your mindset around taxes, to shift your mindset around what you're paying and, and what that means. You know, I was having a conversation with Tom Wheelwright, great episode, you guys will have to go back and listen to it. But he was really outlining that when you shift your business to passive income and you move into real estate, you start getting some of those benefits uh, from the passive income perspective, you're able to write off uh, quite a bit more. And so there's a huge benefit there. But if you look at taxes as being this awful thing, that's, that's the worst thing in the world, and you're angry about it, and you feel like you have no control, uh, that's one state of mind, but it's much more productive to really look at it as a, as a treasure map. And to say, hey, well, these are the incentives that are available. Let me follow down this treasure map trail. Real estate happens to have a big X uh, that marks the spot about how you can save a significant amount of money and then really go down the path of either A, creating that business where you're going to be an active operator yourself and there's people who can teach you and you can learn how to do that or to passively invest to be able to get some of those benefits um, on all the passive income that you make. So there's definitely some really great options. And, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you went that path, Dan, because you've been able to show so many other people that are high income earning business owners that this path really does work. 
Yes, it's, it's definitely true. And it's been been crazy to kind of see, you know, our our trajectory, even in the real estate business, being able to, um, I actually wrote an article uh, last week that we published in our investor newsletter that we send out every month uh, to our investors. And in that article, I actually went back over in the history to figure out how, what has been our trajectory and our growth and being able to, you know, raise private equity from everyday investors, like those of you who are listening to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And that has ended up leading you down this path to being able to be in a really strong place. So tell me what else can listeners do who are looking and interested in in growing their business and they want to look towards mentors like you, people who have been down the path, they've grown multiple successful businesses. Um, What can be some of those next steps for them to be able to follow in, in your and other people's footsteps? Sure. I mean, there, there are several, you know, business coaches and mentors out there and a lot of them are in your community. And so I would say you got to get out into your community and figure out who in the community has done things on a high level and are now, uh, you know, retired, if you will, quote unquote, and they're, they're willing to share those, um, those, those insights with you. I, and I don't know if I would necessarily hire somebody that hasn't done it recently, because things change. So if it's somebody who hasn't been in business in 20 years, but they retired 20 years ago, and you're trying to get advice from them, that's probably not the right person that you should go after, right? Um, they probably can help you in some aspects and some respects. And maybe they can be a board member that you have in your personal board. Um, but to really try to hire somebody that can really kind of reduce that learning curve for you. And it, 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 depending on what business you want to go into, reaching out to people in that industry and saying, hey, who is the right person in this industry that can help me? And I don't care what it costs. I have to pay them whatever. I'll pay them whatever I need to pay them to be able to sit in the same room with them to be able to get their expertise. And I think you have to think of that as not a cost or an expense, but think about that as an investment and being able to get where you want to go faster. Yeah, because investing in yourself really does lead to the biggest ROI because that's something that you can continue to compound on over and over with all the actions that you take. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dan. It was really wonderful to dive in and be able to share in some of your experience and some of the lessons that you've done. Where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Sure. Yeah. I'll give you two locations or two places you can find us. Uh, You can find us on our website, passiveinvesting.com. If you want to just follow me further and connect with me, whether you have some, want want to follow me for some content, whether it could be business related or real estate or or what have you, uh, you can go to my LinkedIn profile and just connect with me there. And you can just go to linkwithdan.com, linkwithdan.com. That just goes straight to my LinkedIn profile. So we can be connected further and uh, we'd love to be able to be connected with you as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. It was a pleasure diving in with you. And I look forward to the next time we get to do this again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. Thank you for joining for another incredible episode of the Investor Mindset. It's such a joy to be able to share these beliefs, these thoughts, these ways of living with each and every one of you guys, because I just know the power that it can make. And for some of you, For the select few of those people who are truly committed to going after their goals, the people who really believe that there's another level from where they're operating right now, the people who are ready to make change happen rapidly, and even if you're somebody who is stuck, who knows what you need to do, you know exactly the strategy, but for some reason you're not doing it, for those people, there's another option. There's another level that you can reach. And and what I've noticed after coaching Tons 
and tons of people through this process is that there's a simple formula. And when you can start to understand how to unlock those pieces within yourself, you'll start to feel more vibrant. You'll start to feel more energized. You'll start to make more money and you'll start to enjoy the process through and through. So if you're somebody who's in a position, you're ready to make change happen, you're ready to invest in yourself, you really believe that the best investment, the truest ROI is investing in yourself because it continues to give back over and over again. Then I invite you to schedule a call, share a little bit about yourself, and uh, see how we might be able to help serve you with the Investor Mindset Coaching. You can head right over to InvestorMindset.com slash discovery, set up a call, and if there's an opportunity to serve, I'll be right there with you. Thanks, and I look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 